Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Food that's good for the environment, good for the people who eat it, and good for the people who grow it. They pick it so it's beautiful when it comes to market, and you get to enjoy that. Local businesses is the, the first place that we can directly support somebody. You've got to believe in what you do, and if you stick to that, then you're getting there anyway. G'day, and welcome to another Quicksand Food Podcast. My name's Stefan Postuma. Today, my guest is Aaron Anderson from Bill and James in Balgownie. Bill and James is a fantastic community venue up in the village of Balgownie. They do locals nights. Aaron does catering on the side as well. And he's been in the Wollongong food scene for quite a while and has a pretty interesting perspective in where we are as a region in terms of food. I had a great chat with Aaron. He loves a chat. So do I. So here's the podcast with Aaron Anderson from Bill and James in Balgownie. I guess we started talking about it out there, but you never intended Bill and James to be what it is today. No. Did you, you were thinking just catering from the start? Um, yeah, it was, it was going to be a venue for us to, to base our private catering service out of, which we'd sort of been a going concern in between a few consultancy and, and head chef positions that I'd taken around town for about, oh, best part of 10 years. And I guess we were looking for a base close to home, living in, in Balgownie, and... Um, all of a sudden the space just sort of kept the business plan kept growing yeah yeah so we took advice from an accountant which you know you should do and yeah it just kept growing and growing to what it is now the fit out got fun my wife calls it the block mentality we just got excited about the fit out yeah um, um, all doing our, something different doing something different but also just sort of picking up on all the not the mistakes but all the little things that you like in a place like we've, we've sort of got all our tables handcrafted so they're all oversized as opposed to that generic cafe small size tell you what it's hard to fit all the stuff on that standard cafe size table exactly and and we sort of we were we are we were we're trying to be that that big mistake in business trying to be everything to everyone but we've kind of got to be up in the village because our demographic ranges from you know 13 year old kids catching the bus to school in the morning that want a milkshake to 85-year-old ladies who have lived here their whole life that want to come down and have a carrot cake every afternoon and a frothy hot cappuccino. And that's yeah. okay. <laughs> We're cool with that. You know, there's... And I guess that's what I've always tried to, to say to my staff, that, yes, I'm a chef owner of a cafe. We like to use the term dining space because we're not sure what we are. Yep. Restaurant, cafe, whatever you want to brand us, that's okay. Yeah. But um, I think, under, you know, the underlying message to my staff and and I hope it transfers to everyone else is that 
we're open seven days a week we're part of the village and we're here to be hospitable yeah whether that's a business meeting whether that's a family celebration whether that's you know meeting a long lost friend or you know the pram brigade you know we're, we're stoked to have everyone here because it's kind of it's really corny but it, that's what puts a smile on our yeah. face is know? it is it hard to is it hard to balance the product with trying to appeal to all those people very much so yeah and and by that i guess i have a reputation from my catering background that that is a la carte that's what i was i was trained to be um but also we try to pride ourselves on the eggs we put out on the bread we use on you know the all our cakes all our baked goods are baked in-house um so that puts i guess there's the economic factor on it 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 is slightly more expensive Mm. that's that's and that's hard that that continual customer education is a bit of a mm. challenge i guess but i think once people try it eat it and our staff sort of tell people that this is what we're about then yeah. it's it's accepted that you know people are getting a, a quality product and we try to be as fair as possible totally but yeah like i think that there's a big difference in cafes because there are i don't know like there's just so many cafes out there now and a lot of people just run a pretty generic all-day menu that they don't have a chef working for them and they don't have a chef developing the menu and changing the menu with the seasons and sourcing good suppliers they just have a menu that they've taken it like the owners or whoever whoever's doing doing the menu and the food and stuff has taken sort of inspiration from other cafes that they might like and they don't have that background as a chef and whatever but you know as a chef owner you've got to pride yourself on the product that goes out there and and yeah it's going to translate into it being a little bit more expensive but yeah it must be a challenge to have yeah. the public understand the difference very much so very much so but i guess the change in 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 me is, it off it has come that we've got to we've got to understand whatever we do and it's what i say to my guys in the kitchen i've got a couple of apprentices and we have um, a couple of part-time qualified chefs that come in and out of the kitchen as well doing baking and whatever else is is whatever we do whether it is that simple jaffle or we, we do it with you know a bit of pride yeah and we're making sure what's going in there is, is quality mm. and it is it, it is hard and and you know people go into business for different reasons and you sort of take nothing away from your local cafe that's been there forever because they're also providing a service that some people absolutely love and, yeah. and for a lot of people it, it might be their escape for the day it isn't about the food and coffee i guess for us we're sort of just yeah we're trying to strike that balance of, mm. of of getting all the pieces together which hopefully most of the time it comes off it's gonna be hard for everyone sometimes it doesn't <laughs> but hey you know we turn up every morning with that mantra yeah so, did yeah. you the dishes that that you gave us today is a bit of a mix of what you might find on the lunch menu and through sort of like the private catering and for a dinner or something yeah like that. so very much so um the cuttlefish dish uh, that we did, you'll find we do a pasta night, Wednesday, Thursday nights, which yep. is a real local. We just make four fresh pastas, a couple of entrees, a couple of other mains, depending on seasonality. Um, local cuttlefish is in abundance a lot of the time in the Illawarra, so, and it's one of my favourite seafoods to eat. And, and it's also something that's accessible to kids as well. Um, you know, everyone likes calamari. Yeah, it's exactly. just in a, you know, it's sort of the, on that sort of. Is it any? Is it ever hard to get people over the line with cuttlefish? They're like, and you're just like, it's basically calamari. And they're like, I don't know. Yeah, well, you just tell them it's the thing that they feed their bird, and it sort of gets them <laughs> over the. You know, yeah, it yeah. makes it all a little bit bit easier. So that dish, that dish swings between our our pasta nights and our we run it as a special for lunch. Yeah. 
um, it's, it's fresh, it's easy, it's not always around, so we sort of interchange it out, and it's we use um, just some local fennel and some heirloom tomatoes, um, and we just sort of whatever leaf we can find that mm. our growers are growing, whether it's mustard greens. I think the picture in the book is um, some bronzed fennel fronds, yeah, which is pretty cool. That's a good product, and yeah, it's really aniseedy and nice, and yeah, they're they're dishes that we've tried to to try once again going back on what we're saying is just strike a balance between yeah. doing good food at cafe style and prices yeah um and then yeah the duck dish where where you'll always find duck on our menu regardless we've got a, a strong friendship with Thelmy poultry um who happens to be a Balgani local too okay so we're really bringing it so they, they raise the duck up there <laughs> they do yeah and um so that's not too far away they're yeah, just over nice the mountain closer. And um, we we're lucky to, lucky enough to get a couple of fresh deliveries a week in our in our back door. Um, mm-hmm. We've used the leg this time, which is is great. Um, duck can be, a, you know, it's an expensive commodity, mm. and so we find the duck leg is is a little bit um, cheaper. We confit it up in just a traditional French style, mm. and um, whether we break that up through a salad, a whole leg is in the book. Um, we find that's just a it's nice to pitch something just a little bit nicer because mm. you know sometimes people are coming for a nice lunch yeah. share a bottle of wine and want to yeah. share a few meals so it once again it's that balance that we are always trying to yeah, achieve it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hard balance to strike but when you get it right it's great because you can have someone here having a bacon and egg roll and you can have the people next to them sharing a bottle of wine and having a coffee duck and that's, and that's exactly right and yeah. I think a lot of that comes down to that whether we it's that that master chef effect too people come in with so much expectation whereas all you really sort of ask for for anyone and, and myself going to a place is just trust the people walk in the door and let them hit you with their best shot yeah at least give them that chance to 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 just hit the, hit you with your best shot yeah and then then you can make the decision mm. don't come in too worried about what's going to happen just trust the that the waiter the waitress and the kitchen staff know what they're exactly, doing exactly yeah <laughs> totally um, it, it, it might be cool as well like in the sense that you might exceed expectations when it comes to lunch because people might think you're an everyday cafe and not see the specials that you might have on and be like oh jeez look yeah. this is like this is beyond expectations yeah. you know so yeah and three and a half years in we're still getting people from different I'd still do a lot of private catering they ask where we are we're and we tell them we're in Balgani village they're like really oh okay and yeah they're pleasantly surprised when they mm. come up and you know have a glass of wine off our list that has some small producers and you know we, we really have within reason tried to really think it through mm. and I think that does take people by surprise because you labelled that that cafe sort of mm. in that mould that you know people need to differentiate there's coffee shops there's cafes there's restaurants there's once again maybe it's just not not thinking too much just go and enjoy it and yeah. see what they've got to offer yeah, it's, oh, it's such a like I can only think of a handful of places that manage to be primarily a sort of like a, a cafe where people get you know their breakfast their coffee their pastries and that sort of thing do some lunch but then transition into dinners as well like because that's that's so tough like because for so many people you're either one or the other very much so and it, it's hard to to break down people's perceptions and it's also very tough trying to run a place like that because 100%. you we don't have a lot of space like you like when you're setting up a place from scratch you're putting 
most of the money into what the customer sees yeah. and usually the kitchen's the pokey little thing at yeah. the end yeah. that you sort of scrounge together the rest of your money to buy 100%. a bit of equipment and, yeah. and hope for the best that it'll work and and so yeah it, it is it's a real balance but it's a balance that we like to to challenge ourselves because as i said we're sort of always the mantra was to put a chef's spin on this place when mm. we opened it because that's that's my career exactly, I am a career yeah. chef yeah. so yeah I didn't want to move too far away from my roots I wanted to see how we could use those skills to to do the simpler tasks but also show off what we can do yeah. you know, on, a, on a more technical level does it keep you does it keep you sort of interested as well as, as a chef being able to do dinners and being able to work with oh. a variety of projects rather than just knocking out eggs so much so yeah so much so. i mean i didn't i didn't really know eggs till about four or five years ago when i had another head chef and, and i i still tell this story to my apprentices that i remember i took a head chef role at a place a really busy beachside cafe um north of wollongong and it was great but i'd never poached an egg other than in my house in my entire life and here i was going into t- you know run a brigade of chefs and there were numerous chefs you know there's five six seven chefs big kitchens and here I was just I just had to fluke it just you know yeah this is how we do it go on instinct and this is how we go but you know I was sort of proud to be that you know to, to sort of be able to just yeah to bring those approaches to a place and, and different sort of set of skills but and see those places improve you know yeah. it, it is and it is a challenge to to continually get different produce in but I think at the end of the day it's about keeping like the staff interested too yeah. you know to keep apprentices continually learning I think no one would hang around if they had to poach eggs all day yeah no one so you know even from a small little thing that we do is we get in our sides of bacon and we cure our own bacon as opposed to smoke it, it gives it a different texture cut it a little bit thicker and we and so you know just doing little things like that just seem to mm. we hope people notice the, a common thread that I talk to chefs about, well, something that you guys always tend to have in mind is the experience of your apprentices and the people that work with you in the kitchen and stuff like that. Like, I think that I don't know. I don't know if it's different now. Like, I can't speak. I can't speak having you know lengthy experience in the kitchen. But like, I think a lot of the time, looking back at things like Gordon Ramsay and you know old school chefs and stuff it was like their vision their menu and what they wanted out of the kitchen and I suppose that at that high level it happens as well but more and more I talk to chefs and apprentices and young people are so interested and engaged with media and engaged with what top restaurants in Sydney are doing or looking on Instagram or reading magazines and that sort of thing that they are a source of inspiration for head chefs as well so true I think I think I don't I think it'd be pretty rare these days to run a kitchen in that old mentality um, because you're right. The, the just, I look back, I think I first walked into a restaurant. My first job, I started as a waiter when I was I was made redundant from a, a, a job in finance and I only had those traditional books that I still have, Stephanie Alexander, you know, LaRue, all those books. But now to be able to be at the tip of your hands to see what someone's doing in Sydney or someone's doing in Melbourne, you'd be almost mad not to listen 
mm. to your staff because at the end of the day, they've probably got more time than you 100%. in the sense that that's a hundred percent right. And if they if they love the industry, they're probably eating at more places and spending more money than you because you're trying to run your business. Yeah. So you'd be mad not to listen to them. Yeah. Um, you know, and at least you know take on board. And I even find just plating trends as well. Like yeah, even you know, stuff like people, that. Right? You know my chefs have got are interested in different restaurants for different reasons but it's nice to hear them come in and and do that you know have a play with things and i guess from our catering side of things we're able to that's our experimentive outlet because okay. a lot of the time our clients have the idea of what they're they know the menu but there's no expectations on kind of what it's going to look like yeah so we can have a play before we go and yeah we're, we're lucky to, to be able to that is our outlet because yeah. day to day we we don't have any prep time we're prepping while we're cooking yeah. so there's no time to sit and really go through yeah go you're going to sit the there and spend a full day developing plating styles for unfortunately <laughs> and that's and that's very hard to do for a small business yeah. economically too that yeah. we can't have all have a day off to be paid to to do that so a lot of it's got to happen on the fly and a lot of dishes just develop as we mm. as we as we go but it's it's good fun mm. and trends like that move so fast as well that the only way to keep up with it is to take information from the people around you as well. Like it's, it's impossible, I think, to now. I don't. I think there's there's an element of you've got to open a place and back yourself with your vision. I think that's very much that hasn't changed. Like yeah. You've got to sort of stick to it. But I think yeah, you have to be fluid in in you know you've got to adapt mm. and you've got to and you've got to be able to adapt quick. I, yeah. I, I don't think. That menu planning phase for me personally in my business has shrunk considerably. You know, yeah. I'd be sometimes thinking, you know, quarter, you know, what's what's coming up the next season, what's coming up. You sort of have an idea, but I I, I, I tend to run it to the wire now because I don't know what's gonna. So how do you run it? Like how do you how do you build it? Well, I build it through you know what I like to eat, what's worked before. Now that we've got three right. years under our belt, we've got to sort of pay homage to what you know and pay respect to what works and what people are are coming for yeah (laughs) there's the economic factor and then obviously it's based on influences you know that we've um we change the actual cafe menu quarterly like in line with season because i feel with brekkie people don't like too much change because regular yeah people get in their regular thing with brekkie and so we even find brekkie only moves about three dishes off the menu yeah. at any one time because yeah, otherwise well, it's do? mayhem exactly um, lunch we sort of we wipe pretty regularly we run a pretty small lunch menu we pr- probably only run four or five dishes bit of a selection of brekkie and then we just run those specials yeah. which keeps us fresh and fast and, yeah. and, and also we can tie it into what we're doing catering we might have a, a private dinner on on a Wednesday night and we're prepping X amount of snapper oh yeah we'll just throw you know throw yeah, that on good. you know and we can you know and that, that gives us the opportunity to be to be pretty fluid and we do have a lot of regular clients we're very 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 lucky to have yeah. a lot of regular people that come in for you know we've got a group of ladies that come every tuesday for lunch and and yeah. you know and a group of guys that come every thursday and it's it's nice to be able to yeah. and you've got to be able to treat them too exactly so, and I, I i love having a like a, a longer lunch at a at a more laid-back place because firstly like you don't have really high expectations that if you're going to like a, a restaurant for lunch and it's relaxing like there's something about the atmosphere of yeah. sitting in a place like this for, for a longer lunch with a bottle of wine and just 
it's, chilling out. And it's funny, like we I've talked that recently with a few few colleagues around town, and a lot of the <laughs> a lot of the times you hear people say, oh, "I just came in for a quiet coffee," or "I just came in for a quiet lunch." And, and I, I just think of my experiences in Europe or, or anywhere like a bustling laneway in Melbourne. I'm like, you, you don't want to go to those places. You, you want to go to, to feel the buzz. To, yeah. you, know, to, you know, it's a real funny thing. And I, I couldn't agree more. Like, I'm not sure you go out because you want to, you know, you want to hang out with your mates. You want to share yeah. a meal. Like, there's nothing, I think there's nothing more simple and pure than sharing a meal with your family yeah. or you know tonight all my family are coming here for dinner tonight it's my night off but we're going to have dinner here tonight yeah, cool. and, you know <laughs> we'll have you know a glass of red the kids will drink cordial you know we'll finish with gelato it's just easy you know yeah. we don't need to and yeah it, I think that's ultimately people always ask what's your philosophy what's all you know and I think that's that once again that master chef moment people want to they want to see the tearjerker. At the end of the day, it's quite simple. It's just about sharing food. Yeah, exactly. And time with friends or family or people that are, are special to you. And, yeah. and if we can contribute in some small way to that, then our job's done. Yeah. You know, and that's probably my Italian side heritage coming out in me. But that's that's ultimately what, what yeah. it should be. And they should be able to walk out, thank the chef, say good day to the chef or say good day to the wait staff that they know. And, and it, it should be as simple as that. Yeah. And I think we have moved a little bit too far away from it, but I feel... In what way do you reckon, like, do you think we'd sort of like online so much so much scope for people to be able to express their opinions about yeah. places and really being overcritical maybe? Yeah, like, maybe. And and just, just I think some people... Once again, we, we sort of, they come in with that preconceived idea, yeah. whereas you've sort of got to weigh up in our game what you're spending per head, yeah. which is a big factor. You know, we could, you get into the, the conundrum about penalty rates and wages, and that's a never-ending story. I yeah. mean, you're going to have two sides to every story there, but I feel that you've got to sort of look around and have a look at your surroundings. Yeah. And if you walk into a 40, 50-seater place that only has two girls on the floor or guys on the floor and two in the kitchen... You got to understand that, like, there's going to be times where they're going to be pushed. Yeah. So you know you've got to just you've got to sort of sit back and and just understand that. You yeah. Know, it's it's not. There's not much margin for error with some pe- some customers. No, yeah. and we don't know. Look, you know, people are trying to impress people. Or they're on a date, or you know, we do our you do you do your darndest, yeah. you know, to make sure that experience is is A grade. But but sometimes, as I say, it's for me. It's about, and I guess I have relaxed the older and longer I've gone in this industry. Is that for me? I I couldn't care less other than I'm there with the people I've come with. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's that's what it's about. Don't lose sight of that. Yeah. Don't lose sight of why you why you're breaking bread with someone. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. So like, let's talk about so doing things like the past the nights and your private catering. Yep. Like running a cafe. And and like this one, and like you say, like trying to trying to cover a, like a lot of bases and make everyone happy, and having wine available and mm. using good produce, it's going to raise the cost and all that sort of thing. Is the intention of having doing dinners and doing private catering is that sort of like diversifying and creating sort of more like economic streams, or is it something that you do because? you've always wanted to do it or was it central to the business uh, from the start like well I guess 
I came into cooking as a so going back again as a sort of a mature age apprentice. Mm. Um, so I was about twenty two. You know, right. you're going to TAFE. The guys are like sixteen. So for me, um, I guess getting into catering was an economic decision. I'd, I'd spent five years at the restaurant that I'd, I'd done uh, my trade with, and I was a waiter there first, and fell into the kitchen and and went through the whole apprenticeship sort of you know scenario. And and I think that for me private catering was just something I used to do for a former boss and I happened to be able to hire rent a kitchen for mm. a really economical it was a got a bit of a leg up from yep. someone and and that just basically kept me in a real job cooking for about oh six or seven years mm. and we I just basically small town you know you just meet people network yeah. and I think I'm not a chef that can be in the kitchen I am personable I love a chat yeah. I love to go out and talk to people even now I find myself you know I don't mind going and doing some shots on the coffee machine just to say g'day and, yeah. and do that so getting back to the crux of your question about whether it was economic yeah it is like I guess most hospo people you know people tell you catering it's it's good there's no waste exactly we know exactly you know exactly what you're up for you know you know you've got 20 people for dinner in a home in a boardroom you know that exactly what you're serving them there is no waste there is the time frames are exact so you're not paying staff to 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 be there when there's no people there so yes to answer your question economically it is good yeah no doubt margins are very slim day to day running a a restaurant cafe type operation um for me I guess because it came before Bill and James, it's something we've always just right. kept, sort of, just kept there yeah. on the back burner. And I feel that we, because of our our service is very personalised. People still deal with me. Yeah. There's no menu A, B, C, or D. I, I, if someone calls me up, whether it's a local firm, a law firm, or any kind of type of business that's doing something. My first question is, what type of event is it? What are you What are you hoping to achieve? Mm. What are we doing? You know, and, yeah. and that then I can tailor price, I can tailor the menu, and we can. It's way more personable. There's no mm. surprises mm. at all with what we do, and and I find that that yeah, it, it keeps me in the game. Yeah. And I've got a young family, so for me to be out five nights a week, it's just not realistic. Yeah at the moment well you know you want to you, you know you want to sort of so it's always been a reflection of um you know the business has sort of grown as family life's grown too changes you know yeah. and i and i think people kind of respect that too you know kids are in the local area the people understand that you know that's that's where we're at and yeah sometimes the boys are running around in the morning with muffins and their little aprons on and <laughs> running amok but I, I think that that's yeah i think that's sort of that's sort of helps yeah you know, it helps keep things pretty steady you know? yeah that's yeah. good Do, like it it's interesting to me because corporate catering you're as a person from the hospitality industry you, you're sort of getting a glimpse into the world of different industries as well Very and nice i feel so. like there's a, there's just a huge disparity between the the money the money earned for the work that's put in in other industries compared to in hospitality in a sense so like you could go do a job for a law firm or a advertising agency or 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 some partners in a big construction thing and they'll look at your price and they won't even they won't even look at your price they'll just they'll just hand it down the line and pay the bill and if it was double they probably wouldn't even care a lot of the time yeah but for some reason in hospitality a head chef can 
be putting in 75 hours a week, every week, easy. Fridays and Saturday nights are gone. You know, you're managing all these different people. You've you've done an apprenticeship, like, and yep. you've gained those skills, and you put in all the effort to get to where you're at. Yet you're still only on a hundred grand. Like, you, you could be you, like, That's if, you're, if, yeah, if, if you're, you're lucky, lucky, if you're yeah. in a big place. Yeah, if you're you know, in a big if you're place, lucky, or you take it. You know, and I guess that's also the disparity. Um, I'm going to be probably New South Wales centric here, and I guess that's a disparity with like, you know, pubs and clubs too. They've distorted the market. Yeah. Um, they're not as prevalent in Victoria, Queensland. Yeah, and so, yeah, you're right. I guess I don't, I, I really don't blame a chef. You hear a lot of big name chefs who go and take consultancy roles and whatever. No one's selling out. That's a load of rubbish. Yeah. They, they've got to, you know, there comes a point where you've got to make the best decision for yourself or, you know, your family or, or whatever like that. So, yeah, it, it the disparity in industry is really, it's huge. It's huge. It's huge. Like, I mean... If you want to make a hundred grand in a construction company, you could probably go into, you could start, you could start on the bottom as a, as a laborer, and you could become a sort of a leading hand and a project manager and, and work your way up to a hundred grand plus with no qualifications. You've done some tickets and things like that. You're not, you're definitely not working seventy five hours a week, no. and you're definitely not working Saturday, Friday, Saturday nights. Definitely not. Definitely not. And I've, I don't know if, what the answer is to that. Whether that's a, that's society's sort of impression of hospitality because I, I always I always have got a saying I say to people friends that aren't in the industry just just remember the waiter that waited on you probably could be your GP in four years time you yeah. know and it, I think there's that real there's still that we still see it a bit you know that the, the waiter is you know seen as a little bit less or, or something like that whereas I'm like it's, it's such a tough job yeah. and if you can survive in that kind of job it's some of the you know the best life lessons you'll ever learn yeah. and you'll take them on but in terms of answering question about pay and, and things like that I guess that's why our industry is losing a lot of people yeah um, because it's a big sacrifice it's a big sacrifice and, and you know you don't know where you're going to end up and people want instant gratification now in terms of people aren't prepared to wait yeah. you know they can't can't see the next the next stage so yeah. they might get to the end of their three years and just go well you know, I'm only on 40, 45,000. It's never going to get better. Yeah. And, you know, of course it will. You know, like anything in life, you know, you know, you sort of, it will, but you've just got to, you've got to ride it out or mm. you've got to be prepared to take the risk to go and work for, for different people that mm. may, you know, give you a leg up mm. or, you know, climb the, climb the run. Yeah, find a different know? route sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's hard. It's definitely hard. It's, yeah, it's really hard. And, um, I don't know. I was uh, like trying to think about some of the things that happen that cause it. Like, it could be something in the sense that, like, customers, because you eat food three meals a day anyway, people think that they sort of have an understanding of what stuff costs and and how much it works. But the thing is, is that like, if I go to an accountant or if I go to a dentist, yep. like, you just pay what you're charged because you got no idea of what happens behind the scenes. Very but maybe true. in this industry, people think that they know how much stuff should cost yep. because they eat three times a day and that's where that sort of lower expectation of, of how much you're going to pay for something is I that's don't know pro- it's probably always been a bugbear with what um, where I call it the Woolworths and Coles mentality you know and it's not to bag out supermarkets we all shop at supermarkets we all need to but the price distortion 
with how they price things. No one really knows the true cost. Yeah. You, you know, you, they might buy a litre of olive oil on special that's way, way below cost price, you know. And, and so, yeah, you're right with fruit and veg as well, although I think at the moment it's just expensive across the board, mm. let's be honest, um, for a number of different reasons. But, yeah, it definitely, definitely hard to get across to the consumer why it costs mm. something. And you're right, people shop every day, people cook every day. But it's it's very hard. And, and I mean, you sort of sometimes I, I try and reconcile with myself, like I'm not in the education business. I'm just mm. in the, I'm in the cooking food business and, and hopefully you enjoy it and you come in, you sit down and you can appreciate the work that's gone gone into it. But I don't know what the answer is in that sense. I think one of the biggest answers would be if we were to eat more seasonally. Mm. I have a demand for avocados 365 days of the year. Yeah. The price fluctuations when they are not in season, when they have to be imported and everything else, are huge. Everyone knows this. But when you try and put the price up or take them off the menu, people just scream, yeah. you know, where is the avocado? And you, you're just like, well, it's not in season. Yeah. <laughs> so you're either going to have to pay more. Or we, we do a lovely... I mean, the effect of you know greenhouses and things like that there are ways to get around that in a still a more you know market garden kind of way people growing great tomatoes for us and things like that but even that you know people just get used to having banging tomatoes every day of the year it mm. just doesn't happen like that mm. it just doesn't happen and that's that's a real thing that's a really really hard thing to do is to especially in that cafe setting where people are used to having their avocado, their salmon, their halloumi and scrambled eggs every morning, no matter what. And we do our darndest to provide it, but sometimes people realise you've got to you got to pay that little bit extra. Mm. And it, it's, it's it's a really it's, it's tough. It's pretty thing. liberating when you when you become aware of seasonality and oh. like and you and you learn to let go of having what you know having those things in, out of season and stuff. When and and you learn to embrace the new season, yep. the new season ingredients when they come in, it's so much more satisfying than just, you know, thinking, "What am I going to do tonight?" Uh, like, I'm going to make caprese salad, and it's like June. Yeah, you're like, it, it, you look forward to and it tastes to the better, season, and it tastes so much better. It like, tastes better, and it and it, it kind <laughs> of it kind of brings back that whole and possibly you know I spent the first 15 years of my life I grew up across the road from my Italian grandmother so everything was just what came out of the the veggie garden yep. you know and you made your pasta sauce and you made your salami but there were rules you mm. only did them at certain times of the year and and that uh, that's I'm not too governed by them but with seasonality it's it's cheaper for everyone and it's a lot easier for everyone that I, if I don't have to go and chase things mm. that just aren't around yeah and it's it's a really really it's a tough thing to do and that that comes also back to the whole waste thing as well and and the sustainability which is this key word that flies around at the moment but i'm not sure if anyone really has a real concept of where we're at with that just yet because Mm. i mean yeah we can eat a fish that says it's sustainable but probably because it's been farmed Mm. so i don't know if that's really sustainable either that we we feed pens of fish you know, but the answer is, well, do we just fish the ocean empty? We can't do that either. So the the whole sustainability debate is a real mm. is a real interesting one for for people to sort of grapple yeah. with because you can't. And we've even on our next menu print, we're putting on the menu 
so people can be kind of aware that we do buy a lot of seconds to, yeah. to ensure price consistency and also as well for a lot of things it doesn't matter like I'm horrified when I go to my you know local fruto that we do buy a lot of stuff from not just the market gardeners how much goes in the bin yeah. just because a mushroom's marked a capsicum's marked it's 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 horrific yeah it's absolutely horrific and we're governed by so many food and health safety laws which granted that's what keeps everything normal but you know we can't just keep turning stuff into the ground it's yeah. just it's a waste so we find that if we we're going to make that a real something to stand by to say look you know that's what we endeavor that's to nice. do this because and you know your avocado might have a little brown fleck in it but it still tastes like avocado. Yeah. You know, and it's we can't be turning every every third avocado into the bin. Yeah. It's just not it's not economically viable and also as well it doesn't make any difference. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just like trying to tell your kids that a banana that's black on the outside is quite all right on the inside. Yeah. <laughs> it takes a little bit to get it through to them, but they do get it. Yeah. And I think that that's that comes back It'll to be that. cool. Do do you think that there's do you think that there's sort of you know f- flagging that point on a menu are you are you sort of hopeful that the public's going to embrace that and 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 have because with things like war on waste and and more more that you see in the media about you know wasteful wastefulness at all points of the sort of supply chain from farmer to supermarket shelves to at fruit markets or whatever it may be people like and and you know all these people getting on board Using keep cups and yep. and not going to re- not going to cafes that that you know have styrofoam cups or whatever it may be like you've, it's it's pretty promising to you've to got think a, that, yeah, yeah you've got to hope the tide is turning yeah because I mean you know we don't want to get too political on a on a food podcast but whether <laughs> you like it or not you know there is something weird going on with our climate you know yeah and if in twenty years time it turns out there was nothing wrong <laughs> then. At least we've done our darndest to make everything a a little bit better, you know. And if heaven forbid, there's you know it is catastrophic. Well, we've got to keep going on this, you know. We've got to, we've got to, we've got to keep going. And and I think, I think the tide is turning. I see the war on waste was great with the coffee cup thing. Yeah. I mean, one thing. Look, I'd be a millionaire if we could solve how we bring down the keep cup price so people can have. I don't know what you're like, but I know in the car. I'm going to forget the keep cup. So yeah. I've got two or three going at any one yeah. spot. But you know that... Mine are always dirty. You know, before I take them in. I'm like, you have yeah, to wash this for me. I'm before sorry. you know <laughs> it, you've spent, you know, you've spent quite a lot of money on keep cups. <laughs> yeah. You know, and yes, the idea is saving... And once again, it keeps coming back to... And that's why, you know, I got asked a question about sustainability the other day. I mean, sustainability is financial sustainability. It's, you know, it, it's practical. It, it's all these things. So until we find a way to maybe make them a little bit more, you know, economical, yeah. but slowly the title turn. We've got local businesses that now just turn up with their mugs. Yeah. And that's cool. Yeah, the, I, the, I, I saw a cool thing. There was one um, cafe in Canberra that they somehow sourced hundreds of Vinnie's mugs. Mugs, yeah. Yeah, and so it was like $4 for a takeaway coffee or $6 for a takeaway coffee in a Vinnie's mug and you keep the mug. Yeah. 
Oh, which which was quite cool because it's reusing old mugs it's as well. Awesome. Like, I yeah. guess the only problem is now do we need to design cars that can hold mugs? Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I yeah. don't know where they, I don't know. But but if you're local, yeah, like if you're just you know we get lots of people because we're in the village just walk from down the road or yeah. something. I reckon it's nothing cool than walking around with a mug. It stays probably hotter too. Yeah. And you know, feels you, like you're at home. And you get yeah exactly. <laughs> By the time you get home, you've either finished, like you said, wash it up, put it on the sink, bring it back next time. Yeah. And or bring it back in when you come in for dinner. You know, I don't know. But, yeah. But I think the tide's got to turn. And when you've got, mar- you know, in our area, we've got foragers markets, we've got Kayama markets, we've got all these markets starting to pop up. And, and when, when I say local area, you know, Wollongong to Everly's not even, yeah. not even 90k. Exactly. You know, so you can go up there and get some of the best produce going around. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think the tide will turn. I, I, and I think that generation, I employ a lot of, not that... I'm old, hopefully not yet, but a lot of, I employ a lot of, you know, guys that are sort of under 21 and, and I, they're interested in that stuff. That's great. Probably more so than what I was. Yeah, 100%. So, so I guess that, I guess that that, and that's that social I media think that, thing um, too. One thing that I hear from other business owners is that some of the people that are the most interested in it are young mothers or young families yeah. and, you know, whether it's eating organic or sustainability and, and leaving the planet, you know, in in good sh- in better shape for their kids than it might have been left to them or whatever it may be. Th- they're passing that on to the next generation as well. Yeah. So... Yeah, and, and, and I think that... It, I think it's got to be. I, I, the more and more I sort of do at home with my own kids is filtering back into the business. You know, now... We have a house and we have a garden. It's a pretty poor garden, but we have a garden, you know, and, and so we're, we're starting to, you know, I'll bring home the veggie scraps and we'll, we'll do all of that stuff, the coffee grinds. And I guess you're right. It's it's like everything, anything. It's got to start community. It's got to start at home and then it's got to build. Like, mm. I don't think any of us like anything rammed down our throat. There's enough rules and regu- regulations in the world. So, yeah, you're right. It's got to start at a ground level. Mm and maybe community gardens we've got one here in Balgowny that's really starting to kick along it's yeah. it's not enough to for me to go and purchase really anything yet but look it, it, time will tell and hopefully yeah. it will and they'll be able to drop some stuff in and and that's kind of cool too because it's it's and that's get, bring community together exactly yeah and there's the, the, when it comes to community gardens and, and especially just growing your own veggies like there seems to be more and more interest in that as well very and, much and so. it's all like it's all sort of an interconnected web, you know. Like, and I don't watch MasterChef, but you got to hand it to them for getting people in, interested in food. It's got and it, exactly, you it, know? exactly. Like I, you know, they're they're all those guys involved. They're they're restaurateurs on the ground level. You know, it, sure, it's become the trendy thing, but you know, they've it, it is. It's great. It's it's taught people. Yeah, they know what things are. You know, mm. my father-in-law is as country as they come but you know he knows the term plating up you know he's he's in the kitchen (laughs) what are you doing plating up you know and (laughs) and you know and they might the thing is people are the people are eating duck they are eating beef cheeks people know what you know that you can eat pig's cheeks and you you know it it, of course and i mean it might drive a butcher mad because you know on whatever week that you know certain cut of meat's on but at least they're asking it's hard to find beef cheeks this time of year now yeah there's, there's it might have been easier back in the day but all those things <laughs> yeah a lot harder but that's good that means people are cooking at home yeah exactly or maybe they're not maybe they're you know maybe there are more people cooking at home but hopefully it bodes well for our industry that more people are eating out mm. yeah and, and you know and going out to breakfast has 
become a thing. Oh, it's crazy, isn't it? And 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 catching up for coffee, not at your home, but at a cafe is where you do it, yeah. you know, and 20, 30 years, non-existent, mm. really. It it's was, funny because, like, when you're in the center of it, like, yourself, it feels like everything changes so quickly and, like, you know, trends come, trends go, and you got to stay on top of it and stuff. But, like, if I talk to my parents, when they were in their 20s, they would basically never go to a cafe and have a coffee. No, just didn't do it. Just didn't do it. Yeah. And, I even, I even, and that's even, not that long ago. Like, no. <laughs> I'd look at some of the bigger beachside places in Wollongong now that you go down to and you hang out at. I remember when they first opened, you know, coffee really wasn't a thing. And that was only like sort of early 2000s. So yeah. It was sort of just starting to, to become a thing. And before you know it, this place has got three coffee machines and, you know, it, it's it's all the rage. And, yeah. it, and it's it's funny. But I mean... Once again, it's that, it's the simplicity, it's community. Yeah. And, and I guess maybe, you know, people used to go to pubs and clubs. Yeah. They're the ones that maybe no one, you know, the whole blow up the pokies, you know, people don't want to be in that smoke filled environment, albeit there's not no smoking <laughs> anymore, but that environment where it's closed and it's, why wouldn't you want to walk down your local street or go to the beach, especially when we live on the coast mm. or even if you live in the country, it's no, no better than you know, going out and, and sitting outside oh, or yeah. grabbing a nice coffee, talking to the barista. It's a way to relax, like, it's a way to just sort of set aside everything else in a yep. sense as well. It was just like enjoying, even if it's just a coffee, just yep. to sit there for 15 minutes and enjoy a good coffee. It's just simple and you can charge you up and then you're ready to go. For exactly the right. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Um, maybe we'll just quickly talk about... Um, the recent sort of surge in venues here in Illawarra. Mm-hmm. Over the last, let's say, ballpark three years, mm-hmm. there's there's more quality establishments. Yep, doing doing a quality product and and more people eating out and there seems to be a bit of a groundswell when it comes to just just the industry developing in Wollongong. Is that yep. something you've noticed? Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we've been here nearly three and a half years. Um, and in that time, I know of yeah, a couple of colleagues that have either opened their first place or you know branched into another place type of place. Um, whether I don't know what I can put that down to. Mm. Um, I guess for a couple of us, you know, it's, it's means. Mm. You know, securing finance—it's not a cheap thing to do. Mm. So you know, whether we've happened to do that at the same time, um, a lot of us did work together for stints of time and sort of knew where we were going and, and I guess opening a place is not for everyone mm. um, obviously the risks involved the time involved and also yeah you've got to really really want to do it um, I think also the just looking outside the CBD like most bigger cities and Wollongong is a bigger city now rents are sometimes prohibitive mm. so people have started to look outside that's why we looked in Balgowny, not mm. because we lived here. It was just, it was an attractive space. It was empty. We could do what we wanted with it. There was not an existing restaurant in here. So we were able to, to start fresh at a rent. It was probably half mm. of what the CBD was. Mm. Um, I, I look at, you know, Eat at Sandy's at, at Winuna, same thing. They took over an old pizza place mm. that had been there forever. And they've sort of remodeled that into something that's really really cool and it's local it's in the burbs and i think the advent in town in wollongong i know in our immediate area around balgowny and the surrounds and there's three or four little coffee shops that have 
popped up and a lot of people's first reaction are oh you know you're upset that someone's open oh I'm like no like we need to sort of bring it back to the suburbs because mm. if we lose these shops they just get knocked over like progress like yep. losing your old corner store and the next thing you know there's a set of units and it's pretty bland and there is and no, no village yeah there's no character and and I mean I, I'm a big advocate of up here in Balgani we've got a butcher shop we've obviously got an iconic pub that's 100 years old that pulls a lot of people yep. up here we've got another couple of coffee shops we've got a pizza joint we've got you know the local Chinese we've, we, you know it, it's great that's mm. what villages used to be and should be we've got mm. to preserve that sort of that feeling yeah and it's cool and you know it's it's non-stressful it's like when it, if someone says to me let's have a coffee on the weekend I always now try to think about a place that's not in the city just because it's simple like and relaxing yeah. like you don't have to find a park and you're not stuffing around and yeah it's, it's just it's nice. a real yeah so to go back to why there's been a groundswell in the last three years I think that has been the economic factor has probably been and we're at a there's a group of us that are a certain stage that mm. we were sort of ready to to do our thing we'd worked for other people who are fantastic take nothing away from you know working for other people it's been great it's, it's how you learn it's how you but yeah I just had a desire to to jump from just being a caterer per se back into the to the sort of restauranty dining game so it was something that was a little bit more it was a challenge too let's mm. you know you like to set yourself little crazy challenges other people jump out of planes you know i decided to <laughs> open a open a restaurant sort of thing but um to put it down and i think also it's a growing population wollongong's really transitioned mm. now from we can't deny what we are like it's there's a dirty big steelworks that sits yep. at the south but we've got to embrace that past that's why mm. my grandfather migrated from italy mm. you know was to come you know to come and do that and and out of that, you know, a lot of Australia, a lot of industry has come from, from Port Kembla down there. But the transition to the university, um, there's the amazing innovation campus, which is also on the beach side. It's another campus of Wollongong Uni. It just has brought just more and more people who mm. are diverse in, you know, every way. Mm. Economically, you know, there's so many different races, multiculturalism, Wollongong. That's another great thing about Wollongong. It's crazy. It's it is. Great, it's a it? huge melting pot, you oh. know, and it, and it's awesome. Like it is so so good. And you can you, you can find it everywhere. Like and you know, it's, it's some of the lesser lesser thought about suburbs of the Illawarra that that have such a cool aspect of multiculturalism yep. in it. And that and that you know that hopefully that rich history doesn't get too lost, and that's why I think preserving that village life is great. I talk to people, I, you know, there's three or four regular customers that come in here that still make their own salami and bring it in yeah. for you to try you know and it just those little things you know there's just oh and, and that's what i guess that's been another thing that this sort of that next generation has been brought up with food mm. so they're happy to go out and try it too and so i guess the opportunity to open you know places from asian orientated italian orientated you know french more fine diners down to your to your beachside cafes um, we've got a great amount of pizza in this town, and mm. and and a lot of it, you know. Now it's they're all they're all killing it. Yeah, they're all, they're all doing good stuff, you know. Mm. And and it's almost like you feel disloyal because you want to go and try them all. Exactly, you yeah. can't have a favourite, you know. And if you don't see, if I pop in, oh, I haven't seen you in ages. I'm like, oh, it's not that, you know. It's just you want to go around and support everyone, mm. and and hopefully that growing population 
you know, the, the guys that have sort of got in the last sort of, you know, probably guys that have had places longer than mine, you know, six, seven years, hopefully start to reap the benefits once mm. the population kicks on and for sure and there's more because let's be honest we're in a volume industry mm. we need bodies yeah exactly you can be as good as you want to be in our industry but if if you don't have a regular you know clientele coming through the door then you know it's, it makes it pretty tough mm. it's pretty it's pretty promising though because we're just talking about the last three years which is pretty short amount of time like very short yeah so it is promising i mean Places are constantly opening. There's always new ideas, new places, new producers popping up, which is really cool as well. And that's probably another big thing too, is that you know you often hear when you meet producers or talk to people, they might be second, third generation, that maybe it's what their family was involved in traditionally mm. and that sort of slipped by the wayside for whatever reason and they've sort of come back into it mm. with a fresher set of eyes or you know a, a different set of skills from a different business and they're like right we're going to apply this to the family business mm. and see what we can yeah, do we've so, seen a lot of that with the people that i've been talking to and that, and that's great because you let's let's be honest to do business is also different now you know it's not like your dad used to do it or your your pop yep. used to do it you've got to you've got to adapt and and those people are putting putting a a modern spin on something that's been done for 100 years yeah exactly and it's awesome yeah you know? and it's cool because you know with the with more chefs like yourself and and people supporting the local produce industry it's it's sort of it's a sort of a self-perpetuating thing where more more people will see an opportunity for them to sell produce on a community level yep. and and actually make a living doing that which means that more people like want to start producing because they can see that opportunity it's not there's not these barrier this sort of commercial wholesale barrier to entry which means you need a, a two hundred thousand dollar tractor in order to just get you started exactly right yeah yeah and look and those people they're, they're putting in the hard yards they're doing Bloody it by yeah. hand they're doing it you know they and you're right if we can provide just a small market to get them started then that's sometimes all people need mm. that's you know they just need that three or four cafes or you know that regular clientele to get rolling yeah and before you know it and and a, a, a gentleman i buy some sort of leaves off and micro herbs and things like that you know that's that's his biggest barrier at the moment you know at the moment i go down to his house and chop it out of his garden you know but to see to you know for him to take the next step it's going to take a little while yeah but people got to get around him and, and try and get that get that going you know mm. just to to get it to to market to use that term or mm. to the door yeah to the kitchen door which is it's extremely hard and i guess that's where we've got to as a region get better at building those relationships yeah yeah well that that that's yeah that's and there's so much opportunity for that now as well like you know between like collaborations like you're doing next week at the uni with the other about local produce like it's a dinner that's about something yes you know and using local produce and talking to other yeah talking to other members of the local food community around the Illawarra and stuff there's so much opportunity for that yeah. community to grow so yeah, yeah no it is and it's just we've just got to foster those those relationships and it's yeah. and it's hard it is hard like any industry it is competitive but we've got to sort of we've got to sort of put that to one side to try and try and benefit it'll benefit mm. everyone in 100%. the long run i think most people seem to understand that hey? yep. yeah yeah definitely and that's that new generation yeah totally. for sure yeah for the, sure. Old, the old school people see you know a new a new cafe meaning half there's going to sell half the amount of coffee no, it doesn't work that way. No, <laughs> like, definitely not. No, not not unless you've you know 
you you know you've got to have that sort of yeah that mentality that you've got to believe in what you do yeah. and if you stick to that then you've got to you're getting there anyway yeah, exactly. you're halfway there you yeah. can't you can't strong arm people in the door but you know <laughs> you've got to give them a reason to come in but yeah, and hopefully you can convert them yeah that's for sure cool that's for sure um we'll probably leave it there is there yeah. anything else you wanted to talk about no. bill and james no i think we've covered it just yeah, you man. know no no thank you though i think that this project is is awesome yeah. it's something that the region's needed for a while yeah that, that it's that's focused on not advertising not you know yes this is your business but yeah. to take a real interest in what we do i yeah, think that I, mean, I think that gives us a real lift you know personally but then also as well we can showcase a quality pro- project that's the thing it's like i you know you don't you don't see what a region has to offer in food in one place all together presented nicely and that's and that's what we try to do like it's it's so hard to for, even for me to research the best restaurants and cafes in a place because you look on the internet and then there's TripAdvisor and there's Bean Hunter and there's Yelp and whatever and you can't trust any of the sources of information to get an idea of what's happening in food culture in that region. And so, that's the, yeah, the, and that's another thing off topic, but sort of on the topic is that we now it's hard we don't own a lot of our IP. Mm. People can take a picture on Instagram, put it out there. We've got no control over it. Yeah. Like we've got no real way. We're sort of at that at the at the mercy. And like look, look, for most of the time it's pretty positive and sure we make mistakes and you'd like to think people people will sort of address that with you at the at the time, not bash behind a keyboard. But mm. yeah, you're right, it's hard. It's hard to if I go to a new town, you know, there's there's a few publications, but they're more review based, you know, Sydney Morning Herald, things like that. But to get a real idea of what's going on it's it's extremely hard. Yeah. Extremely hard. Yeah. Yeah, cool. All right. Thanks, Thank you. Aaron. Yeah, we'll leave it there. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening to my chat with Aaron Anderson from Bill and James in Balgowney. If you want to find out more about what they do, you can visit their website, billandjames.com. If you want to find out more about us, you can visit ours, quicksandfood.com, or you can find us at quicksandfood on social media. Also, get out there, get the book. The Illawarra Cookbook is available on our website and through all good book retailers in the Illawarra. Thanks for listening to this chat, and I'll catch you again next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.